we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where it might sound like we are in a cave, but what? really, we're not in a cave. We're in the tower. We're in the tower at Mythos. Uh, we've talked about this game store many, many times. We are actually here, except for Krebs. For some reason, Krebs is lost somewhere else. Yes, I am Krebs ostracized. Down in the dungeon. Yes, he, actually, he is in the dungeon. He's I am in the dungeon, in the dungeon of his own home. home. But anyways, uh, as you have probably already heard, because you've listened to all of our other episodes, we have Tracy and Laura Hickman on the show to talk about their Kickstarter, which is the Sky Raiders of Arabax. Arabax. See, we talked about it before, and I still messed it up. <laughs> So okay. I ha- nobody's going to be able to find it now. No. They'll be looking for the wrong <laughs> thing. I did it. This, this, uh, this isn't this, even one of those times where I can intentionally change the name every time I say it. I know. The Skywriters of Agamemnon. I can't do yes. it because it's, you can't. It's for oh. the Kickstarter, which is legit. Yes. It is so freaking epic. I'm so excited for this episode. Thank you guys for yes. being here. And for those of you that are always worried, like, oh, I shouldn't jump on until, you know, you know it funds. Well, it's already funded. We've already, yeah. you guys have already well, actually funded in 88 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess we're doing okay. In fact, yeah. last I was looking at the stats, I think you guys just passed like 300K, right? Yeah. Actually, we're yeah. at uh, 311. Almost yeah. 12,000. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's like a 500%. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly, you don't have to worry about not receiving this, this game, but, which, uh, which is awesome. But Dungeon Crawlers, it is your job to get them to 350, or if this doesn't release by the time they get to 350, then 400. So if they're 500 percent right now, let's make it a thousand. Sweet, thousand percent. Yes, yes, I like that. Because we can say we were a thousand percent funded. Actually, (laughs) I'm I'm really kind of hoping that we can get this up uh, into the higher numbers because the higher we're able to push this, the more actually we'll be able to do. Yeah. In in this, we've got some really cool stretch goals going forward. Yeah. yeah, so so tell us a little bit about this then, because I know that for a lot of people taking a look, you know, may have been tracking for a while, different news outlets, things like that. A lot of people have said, oh, it's just another rules book, right? Like, wh- what is this and what is it that makes it different? You're all wrong. <laughs> Something more epic. That's right. <laughs> well, there are a lot of things, actually, that make this project unique and exciting. I, uh, first of all, I think for Laura and I, this is the... This really is the first um, role-playing setting that we have uh, done together since Dragonlance. Okay. Um, first uh, world. Yeah, this world is a new place for us, and and the first world that we've created since Dragonlance. I mean, we we had created before we uh, Ravenloft and and uh, a number of adventure modules uh, as well, but Dragonlance really was the last full setting that mm-hmm. that we had. Uh, that we had done together. So now after all of this time, it's, it's really exciting for us to be able to bring an entirely new world setting in Sky Raiders of Avarox to, um, to people who uh, enjoy role-playing, enjoy storytelling. And, uh, and I think especially a, a new take on, uh, uh, on 5 e yeah. gaming. So that, I mean, there are so many uh, wonderful elements to Sky Raiders that that we're exploring. The world itself is very exciting for us and 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 romantic and compelling. We have and, flying ships. Oh, I'm I can't so excited wait. About flying that. pirates, man. Yes. That yes. sounds amazing. It's almost flying like pirates. pirates who raid, but they don't raid on the sea. 
they raid in the heavens like the sky. Oh. Yeah. 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 I love everything about it. Yeah, it's it, it it's yeah. and the the setting itself uh, is uh, a lot of people uh, said that it reminds them a bit of Australia and I think we took a little bit of uh, influence from uh, Australia's history. Okay. Because every everyone that was on this island, this island in ancient times was um, a distant prism. Okay, so where, a penal colony. Yeah, nice. a penal colony where... And, but it was used by many lands, okay. actually. Yeah, many lands, many, uh, many different ancestries, many different cultures used this as a dumping ground for uh, not, just, uh, not just criminals and ne'er-do-wells, but um, political dissidents and, and uh, people who just didn't fit. Okay. Um, and they were all brought to this to this distant kind of exile on this uh, island of Operat. Um, but one day, the the great airships of the sky quit coming, uh, and no one knew why. Um, the supply began to dwindle very quickly. There was no uh, and control became a, uh, an issue. Mm -hmm. And as um, and as order began to break down, then the keepers of these different colonies had to make a decision as to how they would be able to survive. They, they had to deal with this prison population that, that they had. And so many of them opened the doors. They knew that they had to find a way uh, to agriculture. They needed to find a way to eat. They needed to find a way to survive. And um, uh, even that broke down further into chaos as petty kingdoms started to come into being and there was uh, a period called the Possession Wars where everyone fought over the few remaining resources that, that were then available at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the people of this, the people on this island, the prisoners and the descendants of the keepers alike and the descendants of the prisoners have, have struggled to um, stay alive and struggled to survive and in many ways struggled to keep their um, uh, their own cultures alive uh, mm. on this distant place. Mm. So, uh, and this has been for the, for two, 300 years, generations have passed since mm. the ships quit coming. Um, and now we come to a period of time when, um, when ships have, are being rediscovered. And there is the opportunity now for us to commandeer a ship, to take flight ourselves and to search these now unknown horizons mm -hmm. to uh, find, try to find uh, those mythic and legendary places that tales that were told to us by our parents and our grandparents of places that once were home. Yeah. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really where the story begins for, um, for these people on opera. No, I mean, that's amazing. So obviously besides the, the airships, what else is unique about this world you guys created? It's like unique races or other components oh, that are yes. unique? That... We, we have um, the barang. Yeah, the barang are, are probably one of the most exciting for me. Okay. Um, they're actually taken from uh, mythologies uh, of the Far East. Okay. And they are yeah, um they are panther-headed beings. Nice. Um, they have uh, uh, black, shiny fur, and 
and uh, and very a culture, intelligent. very intelligent, and a, and and a culture of exploration and knowledge mm -hmm. and pursuit of knowledge. Powerful, powerful beings, and and uh, um, with with a unique culture all of their own. I'm also very excited about um, the ogres in uh, this in this world. Okay, um, they are very much along. Um, uh, very much along the lines of the samurai. Okay. They are, uh, they're actually, they actually see themselves as moral arbiters hmm. and uh, paladins who are entrusted with order in, in this land. Although what their sense of order is, is rather unique. Okay. Um, but it's not, and, and it's not just the, um, not not just the different types of player creatures that we have here, or as we refer to them actually in in our uh, our um, materials materials and in versions as as uh, ancestries. Okay. Um, uh, we've actually moved away from the concept of race and are moving to the concept of kind of splitting that idea into um, ancestries and cultures, which in our case. Um, ancestries deal primarily with physical characteristics okay. and cultures deal primarily with intellectual or learned behaviors and, behaviors yeah. and social characteristics. Um, and this allows us actually to, uh, to make um, even more interesting player characters because you may have a, uh, you may have a, ca a, a character who is of um, dwarven ancestry uh, for example, who, for whatever reason, has been raised primarily in um, a barbarian culture okay. of yeah. the Svarta, or, yeah. or perhaps um, much closer to the uh, Fey cultures. Okay. And uh, so they'd have the cultural influences of their surroundings mixed with the, the physical um, uh, physical inherited qualities of, of their ancestry. All of this combines then into a, uh, a unique, a more unique character and, and more flexible character in some ways. Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, it's kind of like what, like Loki from Marvel, you know, yeah. he, he's an ice giant, but he was raised at Asgardian. Exactly. Um, exactly. Have that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, we're, and we are toying with the, uh, toying with the concept as well. I'm, I'm, um, uh, Laura and I are going to be discussing actually the, the cultural aspects a little bit more closely, and I've been wondering lately if we want to um, have a, a societal cultural influence um, and also a familial influence. Mm -hmm. Oh, to separate those two out. Yeah, to yeah. separate yeah. those two out, which, which helps create internal differences for the characters. Yeah. So it makes for, um, you know, if people who enjoy character development when they're working up their own characters. Yeah. Are going to just love this. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds fun because I mean, you know, your your family is your primary, you know, structure where you build up relations and mm -hmm. stuff like that and, and knowledge, and then secondary is your family and culture. You know, and, and sometimes those are in conflict, which yeah. I think makes for more interesting character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've also uh, we're also um, um, we're also introducing a new a new concept in in lieu of alignment. Okay. Um, oh, as an enhancement. It's an enhancement. 
to alignment. I mean, you can still use alignment if that's yeah. if, if you wish in your campaign, but we're using uh, what we call ethos, okay. um, which is um, uh, a kind of a, a redefinition of of the compass, okay. the, the, the the compass. Yeah. Um, as as we mentioned in the text, um, evil is something that we apply to other people. Yeah. We never call ourselves evil. Yeah. Evil, mm -hmm. because what we do is fully justified yeah. as far as as far as we are concerned. So we are actually moving this in a different direction. I, I think lawful, uh, neutral, and chaotic still works mm -hmm. in terms of an axis, but um, um, good. We're, Neutral, but good evil. and good and evil, uh, and we've actually moved toward more toward the concept of inclusive and exclusive. Okay. Um, inclusive meaning that you are willing to accept differences in others mm -hmm. uh, as part of uh, of a worldview. Okay. And exclusive is more of my worldview is correct, your worldview is not. Okay. And uh, I think that those. I think those work for very interesting perspectives. I mean, you can have someone who who's, has a very strong internal exclusive view of the world, but um, you know who could be a good king because he does know what needs to happen and he's yeah. going to make it happen. It sounds absolutely fascinating. I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about what sounds like some some deep and well thought out world building. Mm -hmm. We're also seeing some interesting uh, character mechanics and the ways that we can start to explain that character building better. But that kind of leads me to my next question is like, what, what kind of stories do we expect to see out of this world? Are there things that we're going to see as part of the Kickstarter? Are there things that maybe leads or prompts or characters that we're going to be introduced to along the way? It sounds like it's a pretty substantial universe it is a substantial universe and it's expanding substantial universe it's certainly one that we want to give enough material to uh game masters to be able to create in themselves we'd like them to play in the sandbox mm -hmm. um exploration and um discovery are uh, for me a very compelling thing and i and for laura i think as well oh, yeah. we 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 love the idea of a horizon and what's just beyond yeah that we we feel like horizons are compelling things and so yeah it's it's really interesting we were talking about this just the other day we've 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 spent a lot of detail and time um on the arenas coast the the coast of avarox where all, most of our characters originate okay and we do that because all of our characters come from there. Yeah. But um, in, in the great scheme of things, it really is the place that we come from and not necessarily the place that we explore. The exploration takes place over the mountain mm -hmm. in the unknown parts of Avarax. The exploration takes place across the sea. And yeah. Abrax itself is quite large. And Abrax itself is quite large. Or an okay. island, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but beyond the coastlines of Abrax, there's there are other islands. There are other places to visit. There is other trade that is going on. There are other ships that are to be discovered. Mm -hmm. And so we, we want 
that idea of pushing back the horizons and discovering new places as very much central to um, what we're uh, what, what we're building here. So in the initial in our initial uh, construction, the, the DM or sorry the GM's book has um, has details of the of the next level of this greater world that is that is out there. Um, an area about 2,000 miles across. Okay. But beyond that is the rest of the world. And the rest of the world, and yes, we have a map for that too. We're just not showing our whole We're hand We're just not showing the whole hand. And if you find a map of the rest of the world, it, it's going to be pretty, pretty old. Um, but, but, um, we're in no hurry yeah. to uh, to pull the cover off of that because it's it's the exploration and getting to the rest of that world that yeah. is very much at the heart of what of, of what we're building here. And I also hear future game books, which is well, could awesome. well be. <laughs> so so I'm going through the Kickstarter and I'm looking at this game and I and you know we've we've got, we have legendary Tracy Hickman, Laura Hickman working on this. They're building the world. They're building the story. But there's something extremely unique about this RPG compared to so many other tabletop RPGs. There is a unique element, a unique tool. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes this RPG so unique compared to so many others? Well, I think, I think one of the great enhancements to this actually is the Living Tome system, which is an associated app that's uh, being developed with our, with our partners. There's four of us that are building this actually. It's, Laura, and, well, actually, there's more than that at this point. Um, the four principals are Laura and myself, of course, and uh, Kim and Joe Bory. I'd, I'd met, uh, we'd actually known the Boreys. Um, they were neighbors of ours. They lived very close to us, uh, to, to our home, and we knew them actually socially before. Um, we discovered that Joe and I were both hired to work at the Void uh, some years ago, and <laughs> and uh, we're we're building amazing magical things uh, together over at the Void. Mm -hmm. um, now, Joe, uh, Joe and Kim actually had met each other at um, Electronic Arts. Electronic Arts. They this. worked at EA. They, oh no, kidding! They started yeah. dating each other. Well, I don't know. You know, when nerds fall in love, I just <laughs> love that. I love their story. Awesome. I kind of, I kind of do know what it's like when nerds fall in love. Oh, that's only because your wife is one. Uh, she was a closet nerd, and I pulled that nerd right out of the closet. Nice. Um, so, well, for uh, what it's worth, I, that it, it, we are on record that Laura is the one who got introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she. Uh, we had only been married for. A what? few months, a few months, like six really. months or something. Yeah, wow. and uh, and she she failed to pick me up from work, and and so I <laughs> I, kn I knew that she'd gone down with her. Uh, she was helping her girlfriend with a theater mm -hmm. production downtown in, in Provo. Provo, and uh, so I bicycled down there. Sure enough, there was our Volkswagen there in the parking lot they weren't they weren't doing a production they were playing dnd they were not doing a production <laughs> we were sitting on the stage playing dungeons and dragons wow because um actually she when when the rest of the cast showed up she said to one guy so did you bring your books and he said yes and and they all sat down on the stage 
And they said, you're a second level um, magician, wizard, roll these dice. And they were the strangest looking dice I'd ever seen in my life. But I did as I was bid. And they said, you just put three of these monsters to sleep. And I was hooked. Wow. <laughs> First wow. one is always free. Am I right? <laughs> you know, as, as a software developer myself, and, and as someone who's very much into gaming, into video gaming, into game design, uh, this concept of an app assist, this, this tool, this living tome system, tell us what role the living tomb system will have during a game. It's actually, actually having worked with Joe and Kim for this long, Laura and I were so excited about this concept. Most people, I, I think, uh, and, and certainly programmers, I think, they look at the idea of, a, of an assisted app in a game like this as something that will play the game for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And everyone around the table is going to be sitting around the table looking at their screens, which is the exact opposite of what we want yeah. in a role-playing game. Role-playing games are about creation and and socialization and talking with each other and working together and, and weaving this story. And all of that takes place on the table. It doesn't happen in the app. So having been a, a, having been a game master for what, 45 years? Almost, yeah, almost as long as we've been married. Yes. Almost <laughs> as long as we've been married. For having been a, a game master about this long, we wanted to make sure that what we developed here would enhance the experience at the table mm -hmm. rather than put people's faces in the glass. Yeah. Yeah. So what we decided, Joe and I had been talking about this for a while actually, were to create magical books, books that were AR enhanced and materials that were AR enhanced that would that would assist the play at the table rather than take away from it. Nice. And so what we have is we have in these books, uh, example is probably the easiest way to do this for you. We have in these books, we have in places in the books, you will see his, the pictures of historical figures. Okay. And as you're playing the game, you can take out your app your, and you can look through it at the book. And the picture of the historical figure may move. Hmm. You know, think of pictures in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Move around, this, yeah. is, this is the kind of thing that will happen. And, and since the app is aware of where you are in the game and is also aware of what your character's stats are in the game, if you are, if you are going towards a, an ancient ruin someplace and you look up the, his, the historical guy in the book and look through your app at the historical figure in the book, the app will think, will know where you are, know what your stats are, and will give you information based on where you are in the game. Wow. So the historical figure might just tell you what the history of this place is, or what the historian knows about this place. Wow. And the nice thing about that is that you may be the only one who does that. And you may be the only one who gets that information. And so instead of, as, we, as Laura was saying earlier, instead of, of saying to the DM, well, I uh, have like this history skill. What do I know about this place? 
and the DM has to tell you what you know about this place. Now you got a historian telling you. Now you have this historian in the app who can feed you this information, which means that in the game, your characters can be all approaching this ancient thing, this ancient structure, and you can say, I know about this place. This is the history of this place. And this is the, this is the legend of what happened here. That's awesome. And so it, it act, we actually use the living tone system as a more immersive element for the play, as opposed to telling, telling you what to do. And also uh, you'll never have a GM that will have to like leave the room again, yeah. like to, <laughs> to drag someone out of the room and say, you know, the secret thing. And everybody knows that they, they're get out there getting told some secret thing. Instead, he'll be able to just push it to them. On the nice. I do like that better. Then they'll know the secret thing without everyone knowing they know. <laughs> so and so they have to send a text message. The app, like the app feeds and supports the role aspect of role playing, which is Absolutely. fantastic. Previous apps have done things like, oh, you're going to roll dice or you're going to store your character sheet and you're going to have your stats. But I like that this has world building, building elements in it based on your character, based on their progress. I think that is absolutely brilliant and as a software developer i do not envy joe for having to build this because it's a lot of work this is this is going to take this has a ton of complexity it's so very interesting how you can take an app that has a very simple function and you as a user you use this thing and you're like oh well of course i'm going to be able to log in and i'm going to be able to save my data and i'm going to be able to retrieve this data and if i switch devices then that data is going to transfer over but what the user doesn't get to see is all of the gears and the grease that go into that because it's not automatic you have to actually build that even though it's commonplace in a lot of apps you have to build that and now we have an app where the progress, the context of what the player gets from the app is based entirely on their character, their stats, their experience, their story progression. That physical is high location. physical location. That is high complexity. That is amazing and brilliant. So you've got well, the, you, you, the- The good news on that front, Krebs, is I, I've had the chance to talk with Joe quite a number of times. Dude is a smart cookie. Okay, for all of you who are sitting out there for that podcasting highfalutin language, I'm just going to dumb it down. Joe's a smart cookie. I, I believe that. If if yeah. if you guys teamed up together at the void, then that tells me a little something about the level to which he has advanced, right? Well, and, he's, and you can appreciate this as well. Um, one of our very high level goals. Oh gosh, I, I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. it's way high level, but one of our goals is is to uh, is to develop an outward facing SDK mm. so that so that you can not only create adventures in uh, in uh, in the world of Avarox, but but to be able to provide the soft side as well, wow. the content for the soft side as well. Man, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So yeah. We, it's it is it is is an amazing thing. I love the idea that that you can actually look at the map. Uh, uh, at the magical map uh, through your uh, through the app and have it show you the path that that you should take or and and uh, and and chart a course for you. We just actually one of our goals uh, that we passed not too long ago, stretch goals we passed not too long ago, was uh, uh, multiplayer um, ship flight. So I mean flight. Oh. 
flying a uh, flying a uh, a tall ship, an aero ship in the skies of Avarox is a pretty complicated thing to do. You, you know, setting the sails properly, the proper amount of sail to set, um, uh, the helm, uh, and uh, also the uh, being the harpist on board the ship. Um, there's there's this there's this this the sylph engine that is um, in, within the hull that causes the ships to rise and fall and and uh, um, it doesn't provide motion but it does provide uh, lift lift and and uh, and to a certain amount um, it also provides uh, keel fun functions hmm. uh, as an interaction between the sylph and aether and uh, but getting this engine to function. This magical engine to function is uh, is the job of the harpist. Why are they called the harpist, Laura? Do you remember? Because they have many ropes that they have to pull, and it's like down in the belly of the ship, and it um, makes he can tell by the sound um, of the how the silt is in the in the in the rigging the yeah. in the rigging. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but I want to play a character that's down there, and I'm just speaking like Scotty from Star Trek every time. I can't give. She's gone, Captain. <laughs> I gave her a B flat, and now she's not responding. <laughs> but, it's, but it's but the wonderful thing about this is that the app the app will allow each of the players around the table to play a part in sailing of the ship simultaneously. Nice. That that some of you may be in the rigging and some of you may be at the on the quarter deck and some may be below decks. That's nice. Yeah, I, I mean, in past with like D&D, ship voyages always sucked because it just seemed like, all right, we're just <laughs> sitting waiting for something to happen, but it sounds like you guys have made it interactive. Everyone's playing their part. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah. You, you don't want to just roll percentile dice and then wait five minutes while the DM rifles through a series of tables uh -huh. to tell you what happened. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I like to happened. use I like to use uh, method acting and I'll just vomit right at the table to simulate being seasick. And <laughs> everyone loves when I do that. And by everyone, I mean just me. No, what's yeah. really cool about flying the airship um, cooperatively like that, I uh, we've talked about this many times, but I am a sucker for cooperative gaming. I don't like competitive gaming as much as I like cooperative. There is a video game that's been out for many, many years called Artemis Bridge Simulator. And the idea is that you're on a starship where one computer acts as the server, it acts as the captain, and then all the other connected clients are different stations on the same Starship, and I love that game. And there aren't enough games like that. And you actually should do that game here at Mythos because I've got an Artemis server oh, on my. It's true. Yeah, we've talked we, about we it a lot. It. Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, you should be the it. captain of our Starship, Tracy Hickman. I think that'll be a great idea. I was the captain of the Starship when we played Artemis at Gen Con. We were oh, invited over gosh. there by the guys who built it. And I was the captain of the ship, and I did not fall for the ruse by Jingo. I kept oh. on station. Yeah, we. Yeah, they were quite impressed with that. They said everybody goes after the red herring. What? What's your problem, Matt? It's the red herring. Like, I'm not going there. Well, I'm a master world builder. What did you expect me to do? So speaking uh, of not falling for the ruse, okay, uh -huh. there was a word that was dropped a couple of times, and I've seen it all over the Kickstarter, and I've seen it mentioned in a couple of places, and if you have to keep secrets, keep secrets by all means, but sure. Sylph, oh. help us understand this a little more. Well, we haven't actually talked about Sylph. Well, I don't know if we actually can. 
I mean, there's the Sylph engine. There's right, the Sylph engine. It's a magical and, engine. And there's the Sylph itself. And the Sylph is a magical substance that that is necessary for the ships to fly. And rare. But there is a dark, deep secret about self. That mm. we're not going to talk that about we can't tonight. talk about. <laughs> Sylph is people! No, that's different. That's that's a different that's thing. Soylent Green. That's Soylent Green. Ah, oh, I knew it. I knew I had it switched around somehow. Um, okay, so something that's interesting <laughs> Wait a to me too. Is, is yes, Sylph what? a spice? Hmm. He who controls the, the Sylph more. controls Ab Abarax. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just imagining it as slurm from Futurama. <laughs> Ooh, is the slurm? That's yeah, good. One too. Slurm. Sorry, we're going deeper into Except for we need a hypnotoad then. Hypnotoad. Yes, okay, fine. Bum, 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 bum. Keep your secrets then. Yes. So, so going secrets back to something that was said at the very, very beginning of the episode, your goal in this Kickstarter was to hit 60K and you are now 500% funded, right? Like it's- No, 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 we're not done until we're at 1,000. Yeah, I know. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, we are going to push for this. We're going to push for this very hard. And by the time that you crawlers hear this episode, by the time this airs, I should say, you will have approximately 10 days left to do your part. And there are some awesome, I've been going through the Kickstarter and there are some awesome well-priced levels and rewards. You guys have been extremely generous as Kickstarters go. I'm pretty impressed at what you've done so far um, in terms of- I'll like, tell you, by the way, that one of my favorites is, uh, is the dice scroll. The scroll mat. Yeah. Um, not not only is the not only is it really a gorgeous piece, yeah, it is in beautiful. and of itself, really beautiful. But um, but we're also printing it with AR compatible imaging. Oh, that's awesome! So you know it, you'll have in front of you on the on the mat you'll have in front of you the images that you need to reference as you're playing the game. And the back map is also AR compatible as well. So you can turn it over and see where it is you need to go. It's a, it's a huge right, useful tool. I'm hooked, tool. I'm done. Where's my phone? It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I do I, love it because it, I mean, it actually had to be pointed out to me. On one, on one end of the scroll is a place for your dice. And on the other end of the scroll, there are compartments for your miniatures. So everything you need is is yeah. Pick up the scroll and go. It's nice. absolutely gorgeous. It's it's almost like a world class tabletop RPG player designed this next level world class RPG. I know. How did we stumble into that? I just don't know. I don't know. But you married her. That's anyway, right. um, <laughs> so, and that's 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 something that's available at some of the um, collectors' levels and things like that. If I'm remembering correct, or you correctly. can add them on, which is very yeah. which is very helpful. What what other kinds of things are they going to be able to see? Well, um, we did pass uh, we did pass another goal, which was um, uh, printable miniatures. Um, the uh, the STL files for mm -hmm. print, uh, printable miniatures of each of the characters that are on the cover of the art that we've shown so far. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that one I'm very excited about because I'd like to prep those and paint those up. Um, are those being done by Kim? Yeah, Kim's doing those and oh, she's so she, fabulous. She Her fate's an amazing ends, sculptor. So, yeah, she's an amazing sculptor. So we'll have those. Those figures are also going to be uh, 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 available to us. And we've got a number of really... Oh, I think maybe my personal favorite, though, is the collector's edition that we're doing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, uh, leatherette covered, uh, embossed, uh, gold embossed 
books, uh, wow. uh, both of which are in a, a gorgeous slipcase. Wow. Uh, and those, for those, we will be personally signing um, numbered book plates. Nice. Uh, so your your collector's edition will be a truly collector's edition um, with a with an assigned number and registered number. Nice. Now, in addition to that, I mean, like your your collective genius between you and Laura, you guys have uh, just breathed life into this game, into this world. It sounds utterly fascinating. And you also talked about the immense talent of Kim and Joe Burry, but they're not the only you and the Burries are not the only talents behind this there are also some other magical names behind this there Absolutely. are and in fact our we've we've made our stretch goals on on uh those people so yes. we're very excited yeah we have uh first of all we have a, a very good friend of mine uh joe manganello who um uh, is uh, such a tremendous supporter of role-playing. And, and as it turns out, um, when he was a boy, he picked up these Dragonlance books mm -hmm. and it, he, he just fell in love with the world. Nice. Uh, I always knew he was such a nerd. He is so... <laughs> Yeah, he, who, who would have known Destro so loves Dragonlance? He, in fact, he, <laughs> I, I, I mean, bet you meant Flash Thompson from 2002 Spider Man. Thank you very oh, much. Yeah. <laughs> 20% of Mike's magic team on Magic Mike. Mm. I'll tell you, though, he is, he is one of the nicest men uh, and, uh, and a really uh, dear friend. Um, I, I, I called, uh, he was actually, he's actually in Ireland right now uh, filming a series. And um, I asked him if he would like to join us on this. And he, he, he absolutely, in a heartbeat, he wanted to join and, nice. and help with this. And in fact, I'm very much looking forward to working with him on some of the uh, cultural backgrounds for um, our uh, Dragonborn. So he's consulting. So, yeah, so he will be consulting with us and he'll be working with us nice. on this. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's very excited about uh, being a part of this. I, I, I told him he could come in my basement and we could rummage through all my old stuff and see if there was anything he liked. <laughs> and he was pretty happy about that idea. That's amazing. I mean, he, he's got lots of money and stuff and he just wants to rummage through your basement. That's just kind of cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I, yeah. And we'll, well undoubtedly there's cool stuff games. in our basement. Yeah, I'm sure. Basement. Actually, Alton can testify to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, past adventures have been had. I will definitely say that. Um, <laughs> Did you get lost? Well, no, Alton came not, back. You should tell physically. The, okay. You really should tell the story. <laughs> we went down to the basement looking through old stuff and what to throw away. And uh, and Alton found a box of magic cards. That had yeah. been. That had been <laughs> given to us by. Peter Atkinson. Peter Atkinson. This is like the yeah. first series. Yeah. Yeah. Like there Black was, Lotus and there everything. Was, well, so there wasn't a Black Lotus, but. Um, very, very few people now will ever get the chance to save some of the stuff that I did, which I was able to pull uh, two of the Power Nine from Fresh wow. Packs, which was absolutely amazing. A wow. uh, whole bunch of other high value stuff and just, just pieces of history, things that there's literally only a few thousand of in the world period. Wow. And it's also, I, I will admit, if Tasha's listening, I do apologize. 
it's one of the few times I've been very short with Tasha who came over and started rifling through the cards without gloves on. It's the only time that I've ever felt an instinctive, like, don't do that. Um, and then it was not even five minutes later, we, we open a, a mock sapphire. So, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, Joe's probably going to have yeah. a lot of fun going well, through my basement. And then, and then there's all the old RPG stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, there are tales of hidden uh, adventure books partially completed that, wow. you know, get pulled out of the... Do you know, I was down there looking for Thanksgiving decorations today, and I found an old Ravenloft Ooh. in a box. I'm like, wow. what's that doing? Just sitting there. So, so, so hang tight. Like, I, this is a wonderful... I think we should have a whole episode called <laughs> Hickman's Basement. <laughs> Hickman's <laughs> Treasure Trove Bonanza! You know, something like that. But but I want to I want to back up to Joe. For Scott could be our camera. Oh, sure. Oh my gosh, Scott would be a great camera guy. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go back to to Joe for a second here, Joe uh, Manganello, because he is a famous actor, and he is Sofia Vergara's husband, and he is a consummate D and D nerd, and and he's a Dragonlance fan. What was his contribution to Sky Raiders? Well, he's it's a little bit difficult for him to contribute right now because he is in Ireland. But we're very much looking forward to him being back. Yeah, he, he is going to be helping us and with the backgrounds and cultures for uh, the Dragonborn, which is very dear to his heart. Oh yeah, he's he's a huge Draconian. Yeah, if I remember. Right. And uh, yeah, as well as the other cultures that are there. Yeah. I I just want to mostly get him down at my table and start playing so that so we can get his take on on all of that as I well. So he actually is table. going to be a very active participant <laughs> for us in in what we're building. But in addition to Joe, um, we've got Matt Stowicki, who uh, <laughs> was an artist on uh, some of the Dragonlance works oh, yeah. later on. I just think his work is fabulous. Yeah. He's going to be doing a cover for us. And yeah, didn't uh, he do the, the last trilogy? Yeah, I believe he did. And then that, yeah, those mm -hmm. are amazing covers. And um, he'll, be doing, he'll be doing artwork for us and, uh, and Larry Elmore. Yeah, mm. who um, who I, I called up and and asked if he'd be interested. It was a really fun conversation too. I asked him if he'd be interested in doing a cover for for me for this project, mm -hmm. and uh, and he said, "Well, now I heard you were working with Matt Stewicki. I don't want to take any work away from Matt." I said, "No, no, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I, we are still going to be working with Matt. It's all right." Um, but he said, "Well, he says, you know." I've, I've just, I've got these like two more commission pieces to do. And then I've told everybody, I'm not gonna do any more commission work. I just wanna paint what I want to paint. So I'm not really taking on, I'm not taking on any additional work. And I said, I told him, I said, Larry, I, that's great. I mean, you've earned it, man. Yeah. Paint what you want. And he said, I'll do one more for you. <laughs> so it, it's quite possible actually that we may have the last commission piece that larry does wow yeah. um but what a wonderful thing uh larry was with us from the very beginning of dragon lance um he he at, on his own time um created technical drawings of how dragon lances were built wow. and and yeah. and beautiful artwork to help us oh, sell color the roughs yeah. but he just yeah. did because he wanted to because he just wanted to i love larry we, I, we already know he's I your know, man crush i know i just oh 
I love Larry so much. And, 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 and he understands beauty in small things and he understands framing and composition and yeah. making a scene that's meaningful and incorporating real shapes and nature. And, oh, I just am so excited to see that. And, and it's good to hear that he's going to be taking a long rest, but I'm also selfishly grateful that we get one more piece out of him before. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you might get more than that. He may just, oh, I was thinking of this, <laughs> throw more at Yeah, you. I was considering that self engine you were talking about. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> yeah, a little piece of trivia. I, I, I got Larry actually to talk to Alton for his birthday. Yeah, it's... he mentioned that like many times okay. on the show yeah, over the last are. couple of weeks. I, I think I've tried very hard not to talk about it on the air, but that was pretty much the first thing that I said the next time we sat down to record. Yes. <laughs> so, so in addition to in addition to Joe Manganiello and 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 Matt Stewicki and of and course Larry. the the legendary uh, Larry Elmore, we've also got Carl Prusser, who was uh, actually wrote the score for the Dragonlance movie. Nice. Yeah, I I still maintain that it's the best radio play ever put on a DVD. Okay. But the uh, uh, the music the, for the music amazing. was yeah. amazing and, and wonderful and did have and a good uh, you know cast had a great cast yeah and yeah. it was a good script it's just that if your TV's broken it's a lot better <laughs> so <laughs> so Larry um, so so Carl I called Carl Carl up and I said. You know, we're doing this Kickstarter. You know, what would some music would would you be interested in doing some music for us? And he immediately said, "Oh yes, absolutely." I said, "Well, you know, what would it cost us? You know, what are your rates?" And he said, "Oh, he says, you know what? I'm going to do a theme for you for free. Oh, and then nice. and then we'll you know and then I can we'll work out rates for something after that. And then so he did. He he created." He said, what's it like? And we talked about what it was like, that it was people started from a prison and then they, and they, and then they took to the skies and, and the moving from this, you know, from prison to this freedom. And, and so he created a theme that reflected that. And it was amazing. And that's what you hear when you go to the Kickstarter. And that's page. what you hear when you go to the Kickstarter page and, and run the, the video. But it's more than that. Because then he said, I said, oh, we got the video coming out. He said, well, send me the video and I'll score it. He did. And so he did. He scored our Kickstarter video. Wow. So we have this like Hollywood score for our Kickstarter video uh, from Carl because he just he just wanted to do it. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, yeah. we even changed the video and the timing on the video. And I felt so badly. I said, I said Carl, you made this beautiful thing. And he said, I just send me the other one. I'll, I'll re <laughs> retime it for you. Redid it. Wow. Yeah. So we're, you know, he's, he's, we're actually talking with him about doing some, some additional music so that we can actually add that in, in, into the app and it can also add to the ambience of, oh, totally need a, of the game. A, a song that goes with so the, it's the a flight huge, of the ships. That it's a wonderful oh my gosh. team, wonderful, incredible team that, that, that we're working with. Yeah. And, and while, yeah, we're funded, um, for us, um, the the higher we fund, the more we can do. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, Which is why we need a thousand percent, folks. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> I, you know, and those stretch goals—they are—they are like the stars we're reaching for. The things yeah. we'd really like to do for um, our backers. Yeah. Uh, they're the they're on the higher end. There are some really fun things, but it takes time, and time yeah. takes money. Yep. 
So and, and are there, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Daniel. No, I was just going to say, um, are there deities in this world? Because huh. I haven't really heard, but oh, like any other Hickman. D&D game, there's got to be some really fun <laughs> deities. There's a full pantheon. Sweet. Actually, it's... it's we can't. Oh. It's okay. Can't, they can't say anything. All I my Let's answer was answered. You, the answer is that yes, there is a pantheon, and 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 it is it is the, one of the coolest things we've ever nice built together. I mean, come on. It yeah. is yeah. just. It is. You have Fizbin, so obviously there's going to be some fun yeah. deities. Uh, spoilers: One of the deities is embodied in a popsicle stick. What? What? <laughs> No, no, I must be thinking of something else. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. But we did. Freeze ban? I just, I'm just saying. I like that one. Freeze ban. He's in a popsicle oh, stick. Wow. I, we have a merchandising opportunity. We here. do. We have kept you up way too late. Oh, you know, it's yeah. true. Well, this is an easy solve. If you ever want a freeze ban, just go to your local store, eat a popsicle, and you have your own deity. Uh, excuse me, can I get a cherry freeze ban, please? Yes. Um, all right. So okay, but you have to eat it fast. <laughs> so dungeon crawlers out there, make sure to go check out Kickstarter right now. Sky Raiders of Abarax. That's A B A R A X. And I'm so glad Alton said that because I was going to screw it up again. And of course, there's uh, the link to the to the Kickstarter is also on SkyRaiders.net. Yeah, nice. just go to if you if, if the easiest way is to go to SkyRaiders.net. And then uh, there's a click through to directly to the Kickstarter. Um, and, yeah. And we're here on Wednesday nights at Mythos playing um, our first run through. That's at, true. At one of our, yeah, uh, we're, uh, we do a, uh, a live stream on Wednesday nights here at Mythos. That's called uh, Dragon Hearth Live. And uh, starting, uh, starting last week and continuing again this week, we're, and for the next several weeks, actually. We're doing. Uh, we're actually running Sky Raiders um, in Five E for uh, for a group here. Nice. Yeah. Very very exciting. What's your Twitch stream? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you think it'd be easy, right? It's Dragon Hearth Tracy. Oh yeah, Dragon Hearth oh, Tracy. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's Thank my. You. Wow, who thought of that? Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Hearth Tracy. Yeah, who thought of that? Yeah, that's our Twitch stream. Yeah, on, we do have a YouTube channel also. I mean, we stream to Twitch and YouTube and nice. Facebook. And uh, the YouTube and I channel. I answer like, comments from all three at the same time. That's true. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's because of Freeze Band. Yep, it checks out. <laughs> because of Freeze checks Band. Out. Yeah. <laughs> but do please come take a look at the Kickstarter. Um, I, I hope you'll be just as excited about it as we are. We're, we, it's something that's been years in the making. And uh, we're so excited uh, to be able to share it with everybody now. Very nice. Right here as we're finishing up the show for everyone's reference, we're at 312,000. We're well on the way. Yes. But Dungeon Crawlers, it's up to you now. Get us across that finish line. Show us some love. Because we have to reach 1,000%. <laughs> we have <laughs> to, to keep reach 1,000%. have to reach 1,000%. It would wow. just look so Because cool. if not, you failed us all. Oh, 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 just kidding. Oh, just kidding. Oh. Just kidding, guys. Good grief. Damn. No, but seriously, get on it. <laughs> yeah, guys, come on. No, I, I, this is a great game. I mean, if you've played Ravenloft, you know this is going to be quality. Uh, if you've ever read the Dragonlance or 
played the Dragonlance game back when Dragonlance was available, you, you know you're getting a solid world. Uh, come on, pirate ships or even just normal ships up in the air. Uh, it sounds amazing all the way around. So, plus, there's some mystery and other things in this game that you will, will want to enjoy. And there's a great team. Uh, so, definitely help out because. Yes, we want to see more cool, amazing things you guys come up with because so far everything you've talked about sounds amazing. So, and thank, thank you, you for coming on yeah. and talking about it with us. We really appreciate it. So, are we doing a lightning round or no? Because that's normally Krebs' thing. That is normally the thing. Now, I lightning round Tracy, but I've never lightning rounded Laura. I know. Oh. I don't even know what. Wait. So, lightning round. Oh, Josh I could... takes over and he he asks random questions. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I can fact, do that. So in this lightning round, pre-selected or yeah. he just anywhere. makes him random answers. <laughs> yeah, we know. can do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in the lightning round, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, mostly off the cuff, and I want you to just give me a very short form answer, just as quickly as you can. I want very little thought but behind it. Okay, ready? Here we go. Uh, first, a few softball questions. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your middle name? Diane. What would you like it to be? Charlotte. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite food on a rainy day? When, because you are a D&D &D nerd, what is your favorite character class and why? Oh, it's got to be the first thing I played. It was an assassin. It was Sassafras the Assassin. I like I, that. Plus it involves straight many. murder. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is the lady who invented straw to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then finally, just one more question here before you go. What is your stance on the 1983 sci-fi fantasy film, Kroll? <laughs> oh, that face. That assassin coming in for Krebs. Yes. Holy crap. Make him feel. Man. Oh. <laughs> I got to release the video just for that one. That is that is some <laughs> Patreon level material right there. Jesus, oh. I'd rather watch your your oh. Hunter of the Future. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the movie that's about a caveman who's actually an alien and is kind of Star Wars, but it's not. And he also has multiple wives and a husband. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you survived the lightning round. Oh, good. And apparently made Krebs day. <laughs> So I think that's to you then. All right, it's over. So folks, uh, go out, go to the Kickstarter, definitely fund it, jump on it. Uh, whatever pledge level you feel is, a, you know, you can do. Uh, definitely want to go for the highest percentage we can so we can see some really cool stuff. But uh, again, thank you guys for coming on. It's been fantastic. It's always a pleasure. And with that said, we're out of here. And whether you're about to listen to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio or visit skyraiders.net, I recommend the second. Tell your story, whatever may come. And whether you're into the game for Tracy and Laura's genius or Joe Manganello's amazing abs, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the force will be with you always. Dungeon Crawlers. <laughs>